This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. When it comes to the world of feedback, the avenues for collecting and analyzing feedback have expanded to a truly staggering degree. But it's not only customer feedback that can make or break a company. How do you use feedback within your organization to spur your employees forward? I have on the line with me today Rajiv Lamba, founder and CEO of Customer Experience Management Software Service Sensor, to discuss that and more. Sure. Uh, thanks a lot, first of all, Christine, for inviting me on your on your show. Uh, so, uh, as I said, my name is Rajiv. Uh, I've been in Southeast Asia from the last uh, around 18, 18 years. I was in Jakarta for approximately 16 years, then moved to Singapore four years back. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, the service system is, is a customer experience platform. It's, it's a software that a lot of companies use to collect service feedback. Uh, that is something that we launched in 2018. Uh, this is my second journey of entrepreneurship. Uh, I had been a part of one of the uh, consulting company, which is called Cadence International, uh, which got sold uh, to, to a Japanese firm. And I was one of the shareholders and I exited uh, uh, in 2017. And 2018 is where I started Service Ensemble. Uh, we did three rounds of fundraising, uh, uh, got very, very good success in the last four years. Uh, so we started from Indonesia now, and then we expanded to Southeast Asia. Now we are expanding our venture to US market. Okay, that sounds absolutely fantastic. So, you know, since you guys are a customer experience management software, you know, I wanted to really talk a little bit about how technology and business can sort of coexist and uh, work to make business improve. And I think the first step towards that is looking at feedback and customer sentiment. So before we get into the tech of it all, can you give us a bit of insight into the changes in customer sentiments sort of pre and post pandemic? Well, yeah, see, uh Pandemic, as you know, has brought a lot of changes into the into the way we do things. So if you look at uh, three years back, a lot of transactions that consumers used to have with the brands, they were never so omni-channel. Okay, what I mean by that, you know, people used to go to the banks or they used to go to the outlets uh, or they used to call the call centers. But in the last two, three years, because of uh, pandemic, everything has gone digital. So consumers are interacting with the brands across channels which means uh, they are they are on chatbot, they are they're on call centers, they are trying to go to the retail centers, they are interacting with the brands on social media. So this is what is happening uh, in, in the world of, of consumer interaction with the brands. Now, traditionally, when you look at the way uh, consumer research used to happen, uh, traditionally, people used to go to the consulting companies, uh, ask for the consumer feedback uh, about the product, about their, about their new concepts, and traditionally, those companies used to take a lot of time, right? So traditionally, consulting companies used to take almost a month to give the feedback, which is too old. Because the world is so dynamic, things are moving so fast nowadays. So consumers, uh, they get irritated if you don't reach out to them on a real-time basis. So the idea is that brands, they want to understand consumer and their sentiment and their feedback on a real-time basis. And not through one channel, they want to understand the feedback across channels because we as consumers, we are almost everywhere interacting with the brand. So that's where the entire concept of service and some came in. Can I collect my customer feedback across different channels? Can I collect it in a real-time manner? So the moment customer is touching a brand or a service, 
a survey goes to the customer, uh, can I understand what they're thinking about my service? If they're writing something on social media, can I understand their sentiments? Uh, if they're writing something on chatbot, can I analyze that data on a real-time manner so that I, I can understand what are they thinking, what they're talking about, why they're happy, why they're not happy? So at the end of the day, the entire concept is to make customer experience better, improve what we call as a net promoter score, and ultimately improve the satisfaction as well as the loyalty of the customers. So this is the, the world where we are moving towards, and, and that's the big shift that we see from pre-pandemic to to post pandemic or even during pandemic. Essentially what I'm getting is that not only have the avenues for, you know, businesses uh, expanded, in line with that, the avenues for customer feedback has also expanded and the speed in which, you know, you can receive customer feedback has also increased greatly. So it's really difficult, right, for companies to be able to keep up with all of that. Uh, and that's where you guys come in. Um, absolutely. And, and I think if you look at it, uh, the customer loyalty is at its bottom right now because there's so many offers are, are out there and there's so much of competition happening. So if you don't understand your consumer sentiments on a real-time basis, uh, for example, even look at food delivery, right? Uh, you can use Grab, you can use uh, uh, multiple options, uh, Gojek and, and Deliveroo and, and, and Food Panda. So if you're not happy with one platform, that customer can immediately move to other platform. So the idea is that, you know, can I understand my customers almost on a real-time basis and, and, and improve my loyalty uh, and, and ensure that they stick with me? And I think that's the entire objective of the entire platform. All right, fantastic. So, you know, now that, you know, you have this ability to collect all that data, all that customer feedback, you know, all the questions people have through the chatbots and, and, and all that, how do you then use that data in order to improve your services or your products? Sure. So basically what happens is that client buys these softwares, and we help them to integrate uh, using an API. We help them to integrate through their, what I call as omnichannel. So integrate they, they integrate our software with their CRM systems, with the chatbots, with the social media. So, uh, and ultimately we train clients on how to use the software. So what they do is that they create surveys based on their needs. And the moment customer, they go to a touch point, survey goes to the customer and, and they can see the report real time uh, and they can understand who's happy, who's not happy. For example, I'll, I'll give you an example of a bank, the way, the way a bank uses our product. So the moment you're opening an account, uh, immediately there's a trigger in the CRM system that Christine has opened a bank account. So the moment there's a trigger in the CRM system, a client who's using our platform can use our, pla our, our software to send a survey either on email or even on WhatsApp or SMS. And the moment you get a feed, you reply uh, on that survey, client knows on a real-time basis, how was your process of bank opening account? So they don't have to rely on the front liners. They can directly talk to the customers. So if you, if you are unhappy with any process of the journey, then they know on a real-time basis that, uh, you know, possibly the front liners were rude to you, or if you are opening an account online, this part of the journey was not correct. So that's how a bank uses the platform. Uh, other example typically can be like uh, an insurance company. For example, they have call centers. The moment you call a call center, and if you're in the queue for 10 minutes, you're very frustrated. Uh, the moment you drop the, the call, immediately a survey goes to you. The survey can be on IVR, or survey can go to you on email or SMS or WhatsApp. So immediately a client knows uh, whether you are happy with the entire call center service 
or with the agent. And that, that feedback again goes to the, because it's end-to-end -end integrated. So that entire feedback goes to the client in their CRM systems. And they know on a live basis that Christine was happy or she was unhappy, which part of the journey she was happy, which part of the journey she was unhappy. So this is how typically companies, whether it's a telecommunication or a bank or FMCG company that uses the platform. Okay. I don't know if this is a very um, obvious question or not, but, uh, you know, the entire premise of uh, what you just described does rely on the customer filling out the survey in the first place, right? So what happens, you know, because there are a lot of people who, you know, when they get those emails, they'll be like, ah, you know, I, I don't want, even want to bother with this anymore, right? I just want to close it. I want to delete it immediately. I mean, so, I mean, tell me a little bit about that process. And so what happens with the, I guess, um, the negative space of those people who just don't engage at all? Yeah, so see, there's always a challenge, right? Because not everybody fills a survey. So normally if you send a survey to 100 people, possibly the one who might be a bit frustrated might fill up the survey. So typically only 10% people fill the surveys. Uh, now, there, there are different ways. For example, you know, that's why we experimented with WhatsApp. Because when we send surveys on WhatsApp, the response rate on WhatsApp surveys are approximately five times the email surveys. So a lot of clients who are using our competition on email service, they have stopped using email service. They have moved to the WhatsApp service because the engagement is much better. And in WhatsApp, you can either send the link or you can make the WhatsApp as a conversational, which is almost like a bot conversing within WhatsApp. So that has really improved our response rate uh, five times to 10 times in comparison to what, what the market was offering before. So that's one way of improving the response rate using more engaging technology, okay, which is not just the boring email service, but making it more conversational, uh, more more uh, WhatsApp-based service. That's one way of doing it. Second, in case people are not filling surveys, there are other ways of understanding the sentiment, which is called text and sentiment analysis. For example, you might not be filling survey, but if you're writing something on a chatbot or a social media, or 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 you're writing something as an email complaint. So those conversations also, because we have the native languages. Traditionally, most of the companies who were from US, they understand English language, but they did not understand Bahasa Malay or Bahasa Indonesia. But we wrote the algorithm in the, in the native languages. So in case you're not filling up the surveys, you're writing something on social media or chatbot, our AI algorithm can read those conversations live. Mm. So we can do the entire textual analysis of those conversations in the native languages which companies could not do before. And, and that these are two ways that you can understand your consumers better. Right, absolutely. And I would imagine that something similar could be applied to, you know, when you want to do, um, you know, more uh, wide-ranging market research as well. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, for example, uh, you know, uh, it's beyond customer experience. We call it as marketing experience. Uh, traditionally, so what, what, what is happening right now, uh, companies... Uh, which, you know, in Southeast Asia, people used to do face-to-face -face surveys, like go door-to-door, face-to-face, home-to-home. And, and again, using very old technologies, your reporting used to come after one month. And imagine if you have launched a new ad and you're getting after one month, the results is just too old. But right? after one month, if I tell you that your ad is not working, you have spent all the money. Uh, so what we have done uh, now, because a lot of consumers are also online, so we did integrate with what we call as online panels. The same thing happens with marketing research. 
so the moment you launch an ad, you create a service, send the service, you see the response next day. So that one month lead time has cut down to one day now because you're able to see the dashboards live, you're able to see the reporting live. There's no human intervention of making those charts manually. Everything is there on the platform. You can see it real time and you can take an action real time. So whether it's, it's employee feedback or, or, or customer experience feedback or marketing activities feedback, you can use it across different wide ranges. All right, amazing. Now, uh, you did mention employee feedback, which is a perfect segue as well, because after the break, we will be discussing a little bit about, you know, running a business as well and the importance of engaging with employee feedback. So, you know, we are going to take a short break for some messages, but do stay tuned to Raise Your Game. I'm speaking to Rajiv Lamba, founder and CEO of Survey Sansom here on BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Listening to Raise Your Game, I'm Christine Wong. So I have on the line with me today Rajiv Lamba, who's the founder and CEO of Survey Sensum. So Survey Sensum is a customer experience management software. And for the way we talked a lot about customer feedback, why it's important to engage with that, and also now how technology has improved and advanced to the point where you can now analyze that and act on it in real time. However, Obviously, customers are not the only people involved in a business. It's also the people in the business itself, right? It's the employees, it's the staff. So tell me a little bit about that, you know, for you as an entrepreneur, as a leader as well, right? You know, tell me a little bit about how you've applied, I guess, some of the same principles to running the company itself. You can't have a good customer experience without having a good employee experience. So in a way, EX, which is employee experience, equates customer experience. Now, for us, uh, of course, uh, as a business, uh, employees at the are it's not only the customers which are at the heart of the business. Employees are also equally at the heart of our business. So I think uh, to engage employees, of course, you know we are blessed that we have got our own platform to use. So, whatever activity we want to use, uh, do we want to understand uh, our employees almost on a regular basis? Be it uh, right from, even you know when we hire an employee, right from their onboarding and if they're leaving us, so right their entire journey of onboarding till exit, we capture. Did they get their laptop on time? Did the email got set up on time? If they're exiting, why are they exiting? Because sometimes people will not tell you on the face what exactly they feel. Yeah, but sometimes in the survey, they, if you send them an anonymous survey, they might be able to tell you that. So that really helps to understand uh, a big part of their entire employee journey. Uh, which really helped me a lot in terms of taking decisions. So, for example, yesterday I was talking to one of my team members and said, you know, there's possibly some, and, and, and as the organization becomes bigger, there can be some uh, grapevine negativity which can come in, right? Especially when you're working from home, you're not able to meet your team on a regular basis. How do you avoid those rumors? You can avoid those rumors as a top management by sending anonymous service. Right, so any topic that you want to discuss, if people are not, especially in Southeast Asia, people they don't say on the face. It's very much our culture, but if you ask them to fill anonymous survey, fill a feedback, you will get loads of feedback, and that's something that we employ a lot or we deploy a lot in our company. As you talk about larger enterprises in Southeast Asia, they collect employee feedback once a year. It's called ENPS, Employee Net Promoter Score. But when you're collecting your customer feedback on a regular basis, why you're collecting your employee feedback once a year? Possibly they're collecting because collecting employee feedback, they never had a great technology to collect. 
HR team never had their, their uh, budgets to com collect feedbacks. Now with a platform like this, of course, you know, it's much more cheaper. It's very cheap in comparison to going to a consulting company. So I want to encourage if, if we as a startup can collect feedback almost on a fortnightly basis from our employees, then it should not leave a larger enterprise which has got 10,000 to collect almost on a fortnightly basis. Whether you want to do a party, you want to give any gifts to your employees, you want to understand, my suggestion is to keep on collecting that feedback from your employees. Don't only collect feedback from customers, but collect also from employees. Happy employee will always make happy customers. You know, I think that's all really, really fascinating. And I love the idea of that continuous feedback, right? Because also, you know, if you just reduce getting that feedback only once a year, I mean, people's minds change every day. You know, people's emotions change every day from one second to the next. You could be really pleased and then you could be really disappointed all in the same minute. Right. So, you know, that realistically, it's not of an accurate indicator, right, of how your employees are feeling if you're only taking their uh, their feelings into account only like once a year. But the other thing that fascinates me about that is, uh, yes, you know, I, I think maybe there may have been a lack of technological advancement in terms of collecting data on that um, uh, regular basis. But I think also part of it is the work culture itself, right? It's, you know, is this a company where you are allowed or you feel like you can provide that feedback without, um, I guess, further reaching consequences for you, right? So tell me a little bit about that because you mentioned, uh, for example, the anonymous surveys that, you know, probably goes a long way to helping take off that pressure of, you know, I don't know if this is going to come back to me. I don't know if um, any uh, constructive criticism I have may be taken the wrong way. I mean, tell me a little bit about that element of uh, collecting employee feedback. When we work with companies or even in our own company, um, we inform uh, our clients or even when when to our own HR department that whenever you're collecting an employee feedback, ensure that it's anonymous. Build that credibility that I, if I'm collecting a feedback from Christine, Christine should know with full confidence that, that I'm not even asking your details. Okay, I'm just asking which department you belong to and the feedback that you've got. So giving that assurance to the employees becomes very, very important uh, because you know, people are very worried if their name goes to the top management and they get into the bad books. So I think uh, building that culture, it starts from the top, right? It starts from the CEO, it starts with the HR head. Uh, and once you get that confidence going, uh, and if you start doing it on a regular basis and you start implementing that feedback, so it's not only see collecting the feedback, but it's also about implementing the feedback. It's also about showing people in a very transparent manner that this is the feedback that we got from you. And, and we as a company, we agree, this is what our strength, this is where we need to improve. And if you go back and show people in a very transparent manner that we acknowledge that these are the areas that we, we have to improve. Some of these areas we can improve immediately, some of these areas will take time. And the moment you do that more regularly, the moment, the more the transparency builds in the culture. And people know that, you know, the feedback has been heard. So once you do it once, twice, thrice, then it's a part of building that culture. For example, I can tell you there was some some negative word which was going or a small rumor which was there in the in the organization. And I told my team, you know, guys, uh, let's create a survey. Of course, we can do a town hall, we can talk to everybody, but uh, let's do a survey and ask people what they think. So that's another way, but keep it completely anonymous because we have been doing it from the last one and a half years. Uh, people, they know that we will collect this feedback, but we will not take action on the individual who's given the feedback. But we always go back and present that analysis. 
So this is the area that we need to improve and this is how we're going to improve it. And that's how the entire accountability on the HR department comes in and that the entire transparency with the employees comes in. The most important thing I think that you said in that is that accountability is not only, you know, um, making sure that you keep in touch with your employees, but also having that plan and making it clear that you are going to do something with the data that you've collected, right? You have an actual um, idea or uh, at least, you know, uh, some sort of um, intention uh, and goal to work towards that is going to help uh, your employees all uh, to resolve whatever issue has come up. Because I think, you know, uh, again, there are maybe some companies that they will collect this data, right? They'll ask their employees, okay, you know, let's fill in the survey. How are you guys feeling? Uh, what's your sentiment on this? And they get the feedback and they put it up on a pretty graph and then they don't do anything <laughs> to change the situation, right? So uh, like, I think that, that uh, accountability aspect is so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, I think, and I think this is where I believe uh, there's a bit of gap right now in in Southeast Asia uh, that I see with the with some of the companies that that we have seen that people they're they're working a lot on the customer feedback, but on the employee feedback, even if they're working, they're not telling the employees that they're they're working on it. You know, so so if that accountability goes up, uh, which which should be a part of the KPIs. Right. For example, if 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 marketing team has a KPI of of better bettering their sales, if customer experience team has a KPI of net promoter score, similarly, I think more of the HR department should have these KPIs, uh, which is what we call as employee net promoter score. And once those KPIs they come in, uh, I'm sure the accountability comes in and the communication comes in. And I think and it becomes more relevant nowadays because you know when people are working from home. It's not that easy to retain. You don't know what people are because you can't. That human touch, or or, or the face-to-face discussions, are really missing out to a large extent. And and when people are working from home, you don't know what they're going through their own life. Uh, so I think uh, that is something I think which we have to, as an organization or as a culture, you need to understand that we have to start collecting these employee feedbacks more. Uh, because we're not able to meet employees face-to-face anymore. Absolutely. Well, on that note, uh, that brings us to the end of this chat. So thank you very much, uh, Rajiv, for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thanks a lot, Christine. It was, it was an honor to be on, on your show. And thanks. I loved it. You've been listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM. I'm Christine Wong, and I've been speaking to Rajiv Lamba, founder and CEO of Customer Experience Management Software, Survey Sensim. If you've missed any of today's interview, you can go ahead and download the podcast. And the podcast is available on both our app, that's available on the Apple App Store and Google Play, or on our website, bfm.my, to listen to and download as well. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.